0: Well, hello, we welcome you to White House First United Methodist Church, and we are so glad that you have tuned in to our podcast this week. Did want to share with you a few things. Our youth and our children have both now started back this weekend, starting on the 10th from 5 to 7. We have activities for both our kids and our youth now again every week. Also, our adult Bible study continues on Sunday night at 5 o'clock as well. And if you can't make that one, we would love to have you on Thursday morning at 10 a.m. We have the similar Bible study and we're discussing each of the churches that we look at on the Sunday morning sermon on that night and that Thursday morning afterwards for the next few more weeks. But Speaking of that, this is leading up to our revival. And again, our revival is September the 24th through the 26th. We will eat in the fellowship each night at 5.30, and then we will have the service at 6.30 in the sanctuary. So we would love to have you to join us for all the different things that are coming up in September. But at this time, we do want to take a moment have a word of prayer and then we will begin our podcast let us pray gracious lord we thank you so much for today we thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to be able to come together to have this opportunity to worship you by means of this podcast Lord, speak to each of us in a special way as we hear the songs and we hear your word proclaimed. And we love you and we thank you and we pray these things in your name. Amen. So today we now turn to Revelation chapter 3. Going to be looking at verses 1 through 6. We are now over the halfway mark of this sermon series. As today and we have two more weeks after that to go. So it's throughout the month of September. But our letter... And the church that we're focusing on today is Sardis. Before we get started, I wanted to get things started with a pretty truthful story that I'm going to be reading from the Illustrations Unlimited, and it is titled, The Tates in Your Church. Do you know how many members of the Tate family belong to your church? There is old man Dictate who wants to run everything, while Uncle Rotate tries to change everything. Their sister Agitate stirs up plenty of trouble with help from her husband Irritate. Whenever new projects are suggested, Hesitate. And his wife, Vegetate, want to wait until next year. Then there is Aunt Imitate, who wants our church to be like all the others. Devastate provides the voice of doom, while Potentate wants to be a big shot. But not all members of the family are bad. Brother Facilitate is quite helpful in church matters. And a delightful, happy member of the family is Miss Felicitate. Cousins cogitate and meditate, always think things over, and lend helpful, steady hands. And, of course, there is the black sheep of the family, Amputate who has completely cut himself off from the church. As you can tell, there are some of the Tate family that we need, while others maybe not so much. We need to all work together as a family, no matter what our last name is. And we don't have any Tates within the church as far as I know, so don't think we're uh, picking on just the tapes, but it was just a cute little story that really told a whole lot about many, 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 many churches. Well, the church of Sardis certainly didn't want to hear what God said, and maybe you won't either, but it is necessary to hear the praise And the correction. Here now our scripture from Revelation 3 verses 1 through 6. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these are the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have a name of being alive but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is on the point of death, for I have not found your works perfect in the sight of my God. Remember then what you have received and heard. Obey it and repent. If you do not wake up, I will come like a thief And you will not know at what hour I will come to you. Yet you have still a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. If you conquer, you will be clothed like them in white robes and I will not blot your name out of the book of life. I will confess your name before my Father and before His angels. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. This is the Word of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Each church... So far, we have given a different title to and kind of their claim to fame, and for the last couple of weeks, we've talked about the churches, last week was Thyatira, the week before that was Pergamum, and neither one of them had a very good claim to fame, but there is none of the seven churches that have a worse claim to fame than Sardis. They are considered the dead church. They probably didn't like hearing that. But even though the truth hurt, the truth needed to be spoken. The Life Application Bible gave me an example and a description of geography part that we talk about each week. Sardis was located 30 miles southeast of Thyatira, which we talked about last week. The wealthy city of Sardis had been one of the most powerful cities in the ancient world due to heavy trade among the Aegean Islands. Gold and silver coins were first minted at Sardis. They also claimed to have discovered the art of dyeing wool. Sardis was also known for its impressive cemeteries with hundreds of burial mounds. The unfortunate problem was they dwelt more on the past and didn't focus as much on the future. As is the case with once booming towns Sardis had declined by the time of the Roman Empire. Sardis had requested the honor of building a temple to Caesar, but they were refused, and the honor went to Smyrna instead. Unfortunately, the wealth of the city eventually led to moral depravity. The worship of the Roman Caesar and of Artemis, which was the goddess of fertility, were active in this church and in this city. The city had become lethargic, its past splendor a decaying memory. All signs lead to believe the Sardis church thought they had it going on in a wealthy city had nice facilities, had a reputation of being alive, also being active. They were doing things that they thought were for God. And they thought that they were doing well. On the outside, it looked like everything was. But the Lord's word to them, you are Dead. Ouch. Talk about reality setting in. But realize this death didn't happen in one day. They stopped trying spiritually. That's the problem so often. Like with Sardis dabbling in worshiping other gods... It takes the emphasis off of the one true God and then Satan slowly but surely gets the people to keep going through the motions until they don't even realize they have a problem. And then a person wakes up one day and asks the question, What happened? Just like Sardis did when it read this letter from God. But when death does come for an animal, you know it because of a certain bird that swoops around and can senses the smell of death. You know what that bird is? Yep, the buzzards. While they're in the air, you may not pinpoint the place, but you know that a dead animal is not too far away. Folks, I don't know about you, but I pray we are all hearing the warning today spiritually to not give the spiritual buzzard Satan a chance to swoop down and take you as his prey. Can the same be said about our church? Well, in many ways, I would have to say that we don't relate with this church at the present. But it would not take much for us to relax and say we're okay and like Sardis did to reminisce of the past, put more emphasis on it than in progressing and doing what we could to continue looking for ways to reach more lives for the kingdom. I'm not trying to sound like a broken record, but if you've been here most of the weeks of the series so far... You've heard me say my opinion of the church as a whole, but that I can't answer for you personally since there is so much time I'm not around you versus when I am around you. But I pray that we're willing to ask ourselves this question. Am I spiritually dead right now? Have I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior? If I have, Is there still that spark spiritually I once had? Or do I see I've taken my foot off the pedal and what I've mentioned about this before, kind of put ourselves in spiritual cruise control and don't have the desire to grow anymore because I'm content with where I'm at. Or maybe I don't know or don't want to know what I need to do to change. You might not like the answers you just had to answer with this, these questions. But it's better, better to answer them now than later. For us to really give it some thought. The reason is because if you deal with it now, you still have time to allow our Lord to work in and through you to make the necessary changes. want us to look at what he told this church at the beginning of verse 2. And we see it on the wall. It says, wake up. I'm not talking about being sleepy. I'm talking about waking up spiritually. Sardis' wealth and comfort had lulled them to sleep. Their self-satisfaction caused them to die spiritually. What about you? The time is now, church, to continue doing the things we're doing and looking for other ways to reach this community. It is time, church, to keep the zeal of wanting to serve Him. It is time, church, to keep on spreading the news that Jesus saves. Some are already doing it. While there's others of you that need to light a fire and join us in this mission, I pray you want to, out of appreciation of him. Now not every believer in Sardis was being condemned for complacency and compromise with the world. Christ pointed out that some had not soiled their garments with evil deeds. These believers were being faithful. It must have been encouraging to those few who had been attempting to live for Christ in this dead church that Christ was commending them as worthy of his name. Christ promises a reward for these faithful few that's listed in the scripture in verses 4 and 5 that we looked at earlier and want to hear it again. Yet you have still a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. If you conquer, you will be clothed like them in white robes, and I will not blot your name out of the book of life. I will confess your name before my Father and before His angels. Folks, I pray we don't just assume we're part of the few that have nothing to worry about before really examining our heart and asking the Lord to show you areas of growth that needs to happen. Also pray that we all repent of the wrongs we're guilty of and ask for the Lord to show you the direction we need to go from this point on. May we all desire to not ever be classified as a dead church, but in a live church loving and reaching others and sharing the saving message of Jesus Christ in all that we say and do. Let us pray. O gracious Lord, we come before you today thanking you for this wake-up call. Sometimes we don't like to hear the truth, but this truth is very much needed for that church of Sardis. It may very well be a message that we need to hear today personally for us to wake up. Wake up from that spiritual slumber that may have happened. Give us that desire to want more and more of you and less and less of us. I pray, Lord, for any decision that needs to be made and may it be made in such a way that glorifies and honors you. And we ask all these things in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.
1: to